Hey, what's going on? This is James McCoy from the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits. So let's have some fun. Lane, welcome back, man. Two in hey, a row. thanks for having me. Two in a row, man. You feeling okay? I, I am great. Never better. All right, man. All right, so within the last 24 to 36 hours, we've had some interesting rumblings here as far as news and rumors potentially to where WWE may go forward from here. And one of those rumors right now is that they are doing away with the dual brand, you know, brand split. So, for example, Backlash will no longer be a raw pay-per-view. Now all these pay-per-views will be pretty much co-branded. So it will no longer be the big four. And apparently it's going to be every single pay-per-view. And the rumor is four hours plus for each pay-per-view pay-per-view from here on out so i have to ask you does this mean the brand split was a fail or is wwe trying to keep the brand split alive by just making some you know adjustment well i think the first reason why they're they're no longer having the separate pay-per-views is because ticket sales are down whenever raw or smackdown is drawing the basically the same if not more than the actual pay-per-view events it shows that especially the undercards isn't holding up. I think now with the fact that all the pay-per-views will be raw on SmackDown, it'll make it, you know, feel like a bigger event. For a pay-per-view, you're getting both brands, all the champions on the shows. I think that's a smart move. But I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a sign that the brand split is necessarily the best, or they wouldn't have combined them. You know what? I'm I'm with you there. The mid-card is interesting because if you think about it, Raw and SmackDown have taken two completely different paths when it's come to their mid-card. SmackDown, for example, took Jinder Mahal after he got Raw at WrestleMania. Um, and then within a month, he was your WWE champion. Six weeks. SmackDown. I'm sorry, Raw. A guy, Elias, let's say, struggled in NXT. His stick didn't really gain very much footing in NXT, but oh my gosh, on the main roster, it's completely excelled. It's two completely different, you know, characters here. And he went up, you know, and he really hasn't wrestled very often. Hasn't really competed for a mid-card title, but he's fought against mid-card guys, and now he's gone up slowly. I think on the Raw end of it, the Jinder Mahal, SmackDown end of it, the Jinder Mahal thing was a complete fail. Oh yes, one hundred percent. The crowd loves him. He's over. They he gets so much heat. I would say this: you put him and the Miz together, as far as like talking on a microphone, I give the Miz just a slight edge. But Elias can hold his own as far as as far as talking and getting the crowd to boo him. The Miz is a natural. On the other side of that, uh, of the mid card, if you look at it, I think uh, Raw's done. They better with the mid card, but I think SmackDown and even Raw, for their credit, has really revamped their tag team division. I think the Usos right now are my favorite acts in the whole entire company. Whether it's tag team singles, uh, cruiserweights, any of that, I think that right now the Usos are the hottest thing well, in this company. You know what? And I will agree in the tag team. If we were to break it down, mid card title versus mid card title, tag team champion versus tag team champion, heavyweight champion against. Each one of them has their, you know, strongest, you know, asset. For example, AJ Styles defends the WWE Championship all the time. So you would give the nod as far as the defending champion to AJ Styles. But if you go over to Raw, 
you have the biggest drawing power in Brock Lesnar. I mean, hands down. I mean, I guess you can say it's a push because you can say, well, at least AJ defends it and AJ is a good, and is a good draw. But Brock, he doesn't have to defend it every month. And he's a huge draw. You're right. The Usos, you know, if you go into the tag team division, you know, the Raw, the Raw tag team titles play hot potato, it seems like, every month. At least the Usos are now having an established run, meaning they're finally getting a chance to have a nice, decent run with those titles. And it's good to see. They better make the Mania card this year, or I will protest. Oh, they will. <laughs> They'll end up defending the championships against the Bludgeon Brothers, and that's a good spot to take a break. We'll hit on that some more when we get back. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and you are back with the phenomenal one himself and the Enigma over here. So, Lane said before we went to break that if Usos did not make the WrestleMania card, he was going to protest. Lane, elaborate. Hit it. Man, you right now put one tag team, with the exception of uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, because I can see an argument. They love it, They have been there for years. They were tag team champions last year. Yes, booted off the card. The year before that, they were on the pre-show with the Dudley Boys. They have the best gimmick going right now. And, I mean, they've worked hard. And they've worked so hard for the company. And, I mean, they, they think of, okay, the stuff they did with the New Day. First ever tag team Hell in a Cell match. That's right. The things that they had with them, it was great. I mean, that was phenomenal stuff. And their promos and their their, their characters and the gimmick. It's a huge package. Oops, I think if they're, if they're given the time to do something on the, on the card at Mania in a team versus team tag match, not a multiple man, just two teams going out there, I think they could have the best match. The best tag team match probably in Mania history. I agree. I mean, look, at you got the Bludgeon Brothers, right? And you got to remember, when the Usos were wearing the face paint, and they were the good guys who were doing the whole, you know, you know, you know, from their heritage pretty much, going up against Harper and Rowan, those matches were completely off the hook. I mean, completely off the hook. You imagine if those guys at that time had 25 minutes, you, you know, to wrestle, that match would have been even a hell of a lot better than what it was. You're right. They need to Especially Luke Harper. He's, he's, I mean, Luke Harper is so underrated. It's not even funny. Do you remember I mean, his match against Randy Orton just around last year, around WrestleMania time, when Randy was going to fight Bray? Their match yeah. they had was so good. Randy. Oh his match was at TLC yeah. uh, back in Wednesday, 2014, the TLC match. The the that was great, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's never been given a chance. Listen, you lack big men. Kane's going to retire soon. Big Show's coming back for his last hurrah. You have Braun Strowman, but that's it. The Undertaker's going to retire here soon, we think. We've been saying that for like the last, you know, six, seven years. But you're lacking big men. Braun Strowman's it. And you have two guys right there who, you know, I say Harper's better than Rowan, but, you know, Rowan, oh, yeah. Rowan's no pushover either. You know, but you... You could take those two guys and you can add them with Strowman and you, you know, big men who could go very well with guys like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, you know, Elias, you know, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns. You know, you have all the, but W, I swear, WWE sometimes knocks it out of the park. They knock it out of the park with Braun Strowman. But then you have guys who are more talented than Braun Strowman, like, like you said, Harper. And 
he doesn't get the love that he should get. Real quick, don't mean to cut you off. No, I fine. just got a notification that it's being rumored that Jeff Jarrett is going to possibly be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year after completing rehab that was paid for by WWE. That's perfect because I was actually going to hit on that here in the next segment. I, I put that up in the New Blood Facebook wrestling group, so if you guys want to check that out, it's New Blood. I have Lane right here who's with New Blood. He can vouch for it. Um, yep. Jeff Jarrett, you know, I put this up earlier when I saw, you know, the first notification of it. I think that's the right move. If Jeff Jarrett and WWE have sat down and worked out all their differences, because WWE, I mean, WWE said, here, listen, we can help you. WWE showed him some, you know, good grace here. I mean, I like it. I like it. Before we go to break, also, would like to just go ahead and give a big congratulations to Ivory and the Deadly Boys and Goldberg, who have all been confirmed for the Hall of Fame this year. Well deserved. Congratulations. Goldberg will be back for WrestleMania, as it appears. It looks like he's being rumored for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Let's hit on that. We come back, and we'll talk about Jared as well. But go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it looks like uh, Goldberg will now be in the Memorial Battle Royal as it's being filmed for the new Andre the documentary on HBO. That's correct. And they want to bring as much eyes towards it as possible. So having a guy like Goldberg win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, that's the perfect move. Outside of Elias, I, I honestly thought Elias was going to win it, but I'll obviously change my pick. All right, so we're going to hit on a couple other things. When we come back, SmackDown just underway. We'll be back. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and you are back with the phenomenal one himself and the Enigma over here. So Lane said before we went to break that if Usos did not make the WrestleMania card, he was going to protest. Lane, elaborate. Hit it. Man, you right now put one tag team. With the exception of uh, Seamus and Cesaro, because I can see an argument. Live event. They have been there for years. They were tag team champions last year. Yes, booted off the card. The year before that, they were on the pre-show with the Dudley Boys. They have the best gimmick going right now. And, I mean, they've worked hard. They've worked so hard for the company. And, I mean, they, they think of, okay, the stuff they did with the New Day. First ever tag team Hell in a Cell match. The the space that they had with them, it was great. I mean, that was phenomenal stuff. And their promos and their their, their characters and the gimmick. It's a huge package. I think if they're they're given the time to do something on the the card at Mania, in a team versus team tag match, not a multiple man, just two teams going out there, I think they could have the best match. The best tag team match probably in Mania history. I agree. I mean, look, at you got the Bludgeon Brothers, right? And you got to remember, when the Usos were wearing the face paint and they were the good guys who were doing the whole, you know, you know, you know, from their heritage pretty much, going up against Harper and Rowan, those matches were completely off the hook. I mean, completely off the hook. You imagine if those guys at that time had 25 minutes, you know, to wrestle. That match would have been even a hell of a lot better than what it was. You're right. Especially with Luke Harper. He's, he's, I mean, Luke Harper is so underrated. It's not even funny. Do you remember I mean, this match against Randy Orton just around last year, around WrestleMania time, when Randy was going to fight Bray? Their match yeah. they had was so good. Randy. Oh his match was at TLC yeah. uh, back at Wednesday, 2014, the, the TLC match. With the inter- that was great, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's never been given a chance. Listen, you lack big men. Kane's going to retire soon. Big Show's coming back for his last hurrah. 
you have Braun Strowman, but that's it. The Undertaker's going to retire here soon, we think. We've been saying that for like the last, you know, six, seven years. But <laughs> you're lacking big men. Braun Strowman's it. And you have two guys right there who, you know, I say Harper's better than Rowan, but, you know, Rowan, oh, yeah. Rowan's no pushover either. You know, but you you could take those two guys and you can add them with Strowman and you, you know, big men who could go very well with guys like AJ Styles, Finn Balor, you know, Elias, you know, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, you know, you have all the, but W, I swear, WWE sometimes knocks it out of the park. They knock it out of the park with Braun Strowman. But then you have guys who are more talented than Braun Strowman, like, like you said, Harper. And he doesn't get the love that he should get. Real quick, don't mean to cut you off. No, I fine. just got a notification that it's being rumored that Jeff Jarrett is going to possibly be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year after completing rehab that was paid for by WWE. That's perfect because I was actually going to hit on that here in the next segment. I, I put that up in the New Blood Facebook wrestling group, so if you guys want to check that out, it's New Blood. I have Lane right here who's with New Blood. He can vouch for it. Um, yep. Jeff Jarrett. You know, I put this up earlier when I saw, you know, the first notification of it. I think that's the right move. If Jeff Jarrett and WWE have sat down and worked out all their differences, because WWE, I mean, WWE said, here, listen, we can help you. WWE showed him some, you know, good grace here. I mean, I like it. I like it. Before we go to break, also, we'd like to just go ahead and give a big congratulations to Ivory and the Deadly Boys and Goldberg, who have all been confirmed for the Hall of Fame this year. Well deserved. Congratulations. Goldberg will be back for WrestleMania, as it appears. It looks like he's being rumored for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Let's hit on that. Dude. We'll come back, and we'll talk about Jared as well. But go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, it looks like uh, Goldberg will now be in the Memorial Battle Royal as it's being filmed for the new Andre the documentary on HBO. That's correct, and they want to bring as much eyes towards it as possible. So having a guy like Goldberg win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, that's the perfect move. Outside of Elias, I, I honestly thought Elias was going to win it, but I'll obviously change my pick. All right, so we're going to hit on a couple other things. When we come back, SmackDown just underway. We'll be back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we're going to now talk about what Lane brought up towards the end of the last segment, and Jeff Jarrett potentially being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, I had posted about it a few hours ago in the New Blood Wrestling group when I saw the first notification about it. I I didn't see anywhere in the article, correct me if I'm wrong, Lane, if you actually read the article from a few hours ago, I did not see any mention of the fact about him completing rehab. So to me, that says new, you know, more stuff is being leaked out about it. I mean, look, it's picking up steam. I, you know, I, I don't see how this doesn't happen now. Earlier this year, Jeff Jarrett, or especially last year at the where I wrestle, or not Wrestle Kingdom, uh, Triple Mania, showed up drunk, throwing tortillas in the crowd. And then he went and did some local house shows over the last three, two and a half years to three years. He had done some spot shows here and there and was drunk and 
he actually had a, a title match for some small promotions title. And the match only lasted about 23 seconds after he showed up 10 minutes before the match was supposed to start and was in no condition to, to compete. So that basically did a Sting versus Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy yeah. uh, thing where he, he went to the ring and Jeff was yelling at the crowd for a few minutes and it was a schoolboy roll up. And that, that was the match. So according to sent that uh, sometime this 100% win this year, but over this year, late last year, he uh, he contacted WWE or WWE contacted him, but there was communication, and the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, paid for him to, to go to rehab, and apparently, uh, according to the article, it was it, the rehab's over, so I'm guessing it was successful. Yeah. Um, so what happened was, what the last draw was, what you hit on, he showed up, he's, all, he, he was, he's also overweight, he showed up. He has got, he's letting himself go, whether it's because of the alcohol, you know, the alcoholism or what have you. When he showed up at that last event completely drunk and he was stumbling around backstage, tripping over things. It was pretty much a big fall from grace for, you know, for somebody who, you know, listen, Jeff Jarrett, was he the best main eventer of all time? Not in WWE or WCW, but in TNA, his own company. He was like Dusty Rhodes back then, where Dusty Rhodes would book, like he was the booker, and, and you know he'd book himself to win a lot of matches and stuff like that. Maybe not title matches, but Jarrett did that a lot early on in the early days of TNA. You know, with the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Jeff Jarrett that was the best main event in, in that company. But listen, if you put together everything he's done, everything he had. A successful run. I even even his second stint in WWE, he had a great second run. Now he did hold the company hostage, and that he was supposed to drop the title to China. Um, you know, threatening to not do it if WWE didn't pay, you know, pay him a certain amount of money or something like that. Um, he went back to WCW after that, had an okay run there, not great. You know, just like his first run, it was okay, not great. He was a U.S. champion there, and same with WWE, he was an Intercontinental Champion both stints. Um, He's a tag team champion with Owen Hart. Jeff Jarrett, overall, you put him on a scale of 1 to 10. You know, for me, as far as how successful he was as a wrestler, you know, he could talk, which was great. He knew how to garner heat. I don't know. Jeff Jarrett, 7. 7, totally. And the thing, too, is, is what a lot of people don't realize, what may not know is his dad grew up in the business. Yep. So, so he has experience. Jerry yeah, Jerry Jarrett. He's not stupid. I mean, that's how long TNA's made of 15 years. When they first started, they were doing $10 pay-per-views once a week. And now they've brought it to where it's at now. Once Jarrett left the first time, it went downhill And when Dixie came in. But Jeff Jarrett, mostly everything he's touched has turned to gold. Or if it didn't turn to gold, he was in pretty good positions in the certain situations he was in, such as WCW being a world champion there. And from all accounts, nobody really has a bad thing to say about the guy either, which is very, very, very rare in the business of wrestling. Think of all the guys he gave opportunities to in TNA for the X Division, and just TNA in general. He created jobs. That's right, he did. He did. He created stars like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, got for Bobby Roode. All right, so let's go to break, and let's get on that when we come back. Hey, we are back, and we're going to talk just a 
about another minute or so on Jarrett. So let me ask you a question. If Jeff Jarrett, let's just say this hypothetically, he gets in great shape again, he stays clean, like Kurt. Could we see one more run for Jeff Jarrett in WWE? I don't see why not. Especially since he's been <clears throat> he's been involved in the business continuously up until now. More so than say Goldberg has. Um, and, you know, if they brought Kurt back and, you know, they brought Goldberg back and they even brought Ultimate Warrior back on TV, not in the physical match, but I don't see why. Listen to this match. No, they're, they're back. Head. Listen to this match. It just popped in my head. Elias is sitting out there playing with his guitar. Says he's the greatest, you know, person on guitar. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Jarrett's music hits. And Jeff Jarrett back with his patent guitar. Tells Elias, <laughs> let me tell you something. And then smashes him in the head with the guitar. Especially with today's age of technology, people know who Jeff Jarrett is. Yep. People know who Jeff Jarrett is. I mean, it would be a good pop. I mean, even if it's just the in-ring segment like that with Elias, I like. I actually like to see Jeff Jarrett compete again. I have one one match, even if it was a Mania, yep. lower on the card or something. I, I would be totally happy with that. But I think that Jeff Jarrett is more deserving than some people that's in the Hall of Fame. I'm not even talking about the, the celebrity wing of people like Drew Carey. Yeah, that's Pete Rose. Yeah. Pete Rose, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I, I think it would be a smart move. I think it would be a good move. Um, from WWE's part, especially someone that... A lot of people don't realize, too, he was around. He was back in early 90s, early to mid-90s, and then back in the late 90s, too. So right. I think it would be a good move all around. I don't have any issues with it. I would love that. I would love that. I would love to see those two battle it out because Elias, not looks wise, but just what he does with his guitar, smacking people in the head and, or in the back, kind of reminds me a lot of Jeff Jarrett, actually. Even right. Jeff Jarrett on in a backstage role, you know, like uh, like how you got like Pat Patterson and like Dean Malenko, and it, I think that'd be he'd be such an asset, even in NXT. Yep. I think he'd be such an asset. It's almost dumb not to do it. Uh, I completely agree. I, I would love to see him down in NXT with Shawn Michaels, you know, helping, you know, train the next crop of potential superstars. All right. So let's talk about, let's move on to the draft. Now, this is interesting to me because along with the brand, you know, I'm sorry, not the brand, um, the pay-per-views now going back to duel. Shortly after that, a draft rumor popped up saying that, it, that the draft would once again come in May, just after May. So, Seth Rollins, there was a very little comment. I mean, you may not, I mean, unless you pay attention to it a lot like I do or like a lot how others do it. Seth made an interesting comment last night. He tells Kurt Angle, and I quote, I do not want to be on Monday Night Raw. Then he gives a cheesy little grin and tells him, I want it to be Monday Night Rollins again. He says he wants to be the man. He wants to. He wants Raw to be back to being Monday Night Rollins. There is now a rumor I heard today that that comment Seth Rollins made is supposed to be a precursor to him going to SmackDown after the draft. Which would be phenomenal. No pun intended. Yep. This is my this is something I've said for years. <clears throat> and we'd only be in two shows Raw and SmackDown. There'd be three members of the Shield. If you've got two of them on the same shelf, not all three, 
they're not going to be able to distinct themselves right. from the shield. They're not going to be able to move on like the Rock with the Nation. Granted, nobody else in the nation really was as big as the Rock, but yeah, let's not compare the nation to you know to the Shield. No, but it, like with okay, when you had DX, right. when they separated from them, they was still considered a part of DX at that time period. So I think it'd be great for Seth Rollins to be separate from Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, so he can actually climb that mountaintop again. To one separated, they're not going to be able to get past the Shield, and that's what they're going to always be remembered for. I agree. You know, let's do one more segment. I was going to end it here, but let's do this segment about, you know, the a longer segment about the, uh, the draft and Seth Rollins and see what happens. All right, guys, we'll be right back here in just a minute. All right, we are back. And before we talk about um, not only what Kurt Angle made official today, but we're going to continue on what we were talking about before. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens attacked Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin before their match was able to get underway. And apparently now it looks like that match will not happen. So I don't know what that means. Shane McMahon is going to make an executive decision and make this a fatal five-way or how that's going to play out. But everyone, keep watching SmackDown. We'll talk about it Thursday. So, Lane, you messaged me something during the break. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what Kurt Angle knows. Well... In a new move from WWE first, we now have the first ever seven-man elimination chamber match, which means that three people will start inside the chamber instead of two. Now, Elias will still come in last, so that will not change his standing as far as, you know, him coming in last because he won that triple threat. And the Miz will still come in with one. That's right. I love the move. And here's why. You have, listen, you have the narrative here. For Seth Rollins, you have it, the foundation laid that he makes one hell of a singles run through WrestleMania to build him back up into being what he wants to be. Him being in the chamber, I love it. I love it. I love it. Same with Finn Balor. I think if Finn Balor puts up a hell of a performance in the chamber, it's just going to continue to build him up. And I think after Mania, we're going to see the return of Finn Balor to the main event scene. And I think we're going to see Seth Rollins turn back to the main event scene. And I do believe those two guys will go to SmackDown if the draft happens. I am honestly starting to believe now that it's um, going to be one-on-one at WrestleMania. That could be it. I... And here's why. With Jason Jordan getting injured, the original plans was to put Finn Balor with Seth Rollins. Then they decided to put him with the, the club, the Bullet Club, Balor Club, whatever you want to call it. They're starting to put Seth Rollins back with Finn Balor. You know, he was with the club with Gallows and Anderson for a couple weeks, and then now it's the, the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson. Yeah, Carl, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows now are doing the thing with the Revival. So I think now the direction that is going to win is, yeah, the Revival. The direction I see it now going is Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor to give two Above main, well, main eventers, above mid carters, a good one-on-one match at Mania, and I see that now at the Chamber, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor both somehow one costs the other, eliminates the other, and then it goes back and forth, and that's going to be a Mania match for all. That would be a great match, all things considered, because those two would still show. You give those guys the same thing with Nakamura and Styles. You give those guys 20, 25 minutes. You kidding me? 
those two will tear the roof off New Orleans. This could shape up if you're right, and Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor happens, and they're and, and they're given the proper time, just like with you know Styles and Nakamura. Depending on how the rest of the card plays out, this could be one of the best match cards for a WrestleMania in a very long time. Let me ask you a question real quick. Last year at Mania, what would you say was the match of uh, of that Mania last year? Holy boy, um, that's tough. I, I and that's the thing. The fact that I had to think about that tells me that really nothing really stood out to me. Um, to me, my favorite match was the opening match, which was Owens and Jericho. That was not. That was not the opening match. Was it I not? It was AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. I think. You're right. You're right. Second match. But that match, they were given a a good 20 minutes, 25 minutes. They put a match together. They stole the show. And it was better than Brock and and Goldberg to me. It was better than any of the other matches. That was the match that stuck out to me. And it was a mid-card main event, uh, mid-card program. And I think Balor and Rollins can do the same thing. Just like I think at WrestleMania 31, Seth Rollins and Randy Orton had the best match on the card. Okay. I mean, I think Jericho and Owens, like you said, was probably one of the more one of the better mid card matches as well because the U.S. title was involved. I would have loved to see them go after the, you know, have it be for the Universal title, but that's not how it panned out. Oh yeah. Um, let's hit on this when we come back. We're going to keep extending our show because you know what? We love doing that. We'll be right back. <laughs> We are back. So like I said at the end, in the end before we went to break, listen, sometimes I have ideas on how the show is going to go and how, you know, what are the bullet points, and then it just goes off in different directions. And hey, I love that. I love it's the love of the game. What's that? I said it's the love of the game. That's right, man. Sometimes you just, you know, something comes up across the screen like Lane was saying earlier. And then sometimes you just get so caught up because you love what you're talking about. And, and, and that's what we love doing. We love talking about it and love, you know, pretty much trying to report on it to the best of our ability. So, again, you think, so you think it's going to be Seth and Finn? Uh, yes, because what direction does Finn have? And what other direction does Seth have now that Jason Jordan's out? For Finn Balor, I can think of one other direction. One. John Cena. And, and hear me out. So, the Royal Rumble. Who eliminated Finn Balor? Cena. The next night on Raw for, to qualify for the Elimination Chamber. Who pinned Finn Balor? Cena. That's right. What happens now, if, what happens if in the chamber, Cena pins Finn Balor? <laughs> you know, you, you see where I'm going? Yeah, I see that. We're going to Balor can, you know, get his redemption at WrestleMania. Now, I did think about that, actually. Because I did notice the, the two points you just made as far as the Rumble and the Chamber qualifying match. However, the reason why I lean more towards Rollins versus Balor is for the simple fact that the John Cena game on Raw. At WrestleMania is where dead careers can be reborn or something along those lines where he said the word dead, which now leads me to believe that Cena will lose. Balor will pin Cena at the Elimination Chamber, kind of even up the score. Right. And that brings out the Undertaker the next night on Raw, 
when Cena comes out and cuts some kind of promo of how he's not going to make it to WrestleMania for the first time without being injured. That's what I think. Here's what I think is going to happen. He's going to cut a promo saying that, you know what, he feels like he let everyone down. And like you said, for the first time, he's not going to be able to make it to Mania. Or, or, or will John Cena tease some kind of retirement type of promo? Where he sits there and he thinks, you know what? I've let everyone down. Maybe I don't have it anymore. And then here comes The Undertaker. That's exactly right. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. The only reason I brought up Cena and Finn was just, you know, in a way to play devil's advocate. And just, you know, there could be a, another direction WWE could choose to go. Because think about it. If Finn were to pin Cena at Mania, that would build him all the way back up. Because to get a win over a 16-time world champion right there will make you, will make you. Which, honestly, in hindsight, I think that would be the start decision for Mania. Instead of Cena versus Undertaker, I believe Undertaker and Cena are both older. I mean, yeah, they can still give a great match and, you know, have, like, you know, a really big good WrestleMania moment. But I think looking towards the future, I think Cena versus Finn Balor would be the smarter decision. But like you said, have Finn Balor go over Cena. Now, with that being said, but if they didn't do Balor versus Rollins, what is Rollins' direction for Mania? That would... That's interesting because Rollins, let's see, I'm trying to think who's in there. You have Elias, you have The Miz, you have the one title Rollins has not won in the Intercontinental Championship. And The Miz, if he is to somehow, look, I'll even go one step further. Maybe you put him against Braun. Maybe something happens in there and he fights Braun or something. I don't think those are real. Right now. Right now, the plan is for Braun to go against The Miz and have Braun become the Intercontinental Champion. And I think that's perfect, because who the hell is going to beat him for? Who's going to beat him for? I mean, who's going to, in that mid-card, you're going to have to bring an army with you to beat that guy for the belt. You're, he's going to have to lose it in, like, a fatal four-way where he's not pinned. Something like that. Because he isn't losing it. No one's going to actually pin him for it. And he'll probably go to SmackDown with the title, you know, and they'll switch, you know, the belts will switch and, you know, that's probably what's going to end up happening. I also, so think, I also think before we end this episode, Bailey's turning heel. Uh, yeah. I, and I'll that. And on the next episode we do, I, Rollins go at Mania if he doesn't fight. It's in Bailey. Do one more segment. You want to hit on it? I'm totally down, right, down for one more. Segment, we'll talk about Bailey potentially turning heel, and you know the signs that it will not be Sasha Banks, even though Sasha Banks is the one using heel tactics. It's WWE's way to try to, you know, fuck with our minds a little bit. Swear. So we will hit on that when we come Alright, we are back for one more segment. So we think. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So, Bailey, she turning heel? <clears throat> oh, I think so. And I think this is the same thing they should have done with John Cena. I think someone finally had the balls to say, okay, yeah, she's a big merchandise mover. Yeah, she's got all... Let's turn her heel, give the character a new side, and have her get in the ring and then put on the damn good matches that she was able to do at NXT. Agreed. You know what? She even commented, if she were to ever turn heel... She would want to kind of do kind of like what Eddie Guerrero did back in 97. The wet hair, the towel around the neck, walking out all slow and intimidating, you know, looking over at the crowd, kind of giving him a smug look. 
I think Bailey would be perfect for that. She can put her long hair down. She can come out to it nice and wet. Not only would it make her, you know, her character different, but it would make her sexy as hell. Sexy as hell. And my book. Oh, man. I love Bailey. So let me ask, let me ask you this, and it's, it's going to be off topic, but going back to the Elimination Chamber, okay, so this is the first time there's ever right. been a seven-man chamber, especially lately with the women. They've done the first ever Rumble for the women, the first ever Money in the Bank for the women. Now they're doing the first ever Women's Chamber. WWE over the last few years have been hitting a lot of firsts, whether it's with the women or the men. What do you see as the next first in WWE, whether it's a, a match type or it's a... What, what do you see as the next... Because I honestly th- didn't think we would see a women's chamber this year, but we, now we got one. So what do you see as the next thing that WWE will be the uh, first? Um, you know, because if you think about it, you, you pretty much now after this chamber hit on everything. Hell in a cell, done. Ladder, okay, now, the only thing I could pot, potentially think of a maybe is a one-on-one women's ladder match for a championship. Like, just a one-on-one match for the women, like, like a, the women's title or something. Maybe something like that, or maybe a women's Iron Man match, maybe. But it's... Well, it doesn't have to be just women's. Just first time anything in WWE, whether it's the men or women's. Here's my prediction. I'm predicting in the next five years, or the next four years, let me do four years. Because Miz just signed a four-year contract with WWE. My prediction is that the Miz, as Intercontinental Champion, will main event either a SummerSlam or a Survivor Series or a WrestleMania. One of the big four pay-per-views, obviously not the Rumble, but I believe the Miz will be the first superstar. Either as well, no, no, it can't be SummerSlam. I think they've already done it, but I'm going to say Mania. I'm going to predict the Miz is going to be the first person to main event. WrestleMania as the Intercontinental Champion. You mean have his title be defended? Yes, yes. Miz versus someone else in the main event of WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Champion. If it's just for the Intercontinental Championship, then I think he might be on to something. Um, because we all remember Hogan and the Warrior at WrestleMania. Champion versus Champion. Intercontinental Champion was the Warrior. WWF Champion at the time, Hulk Hogan. Um... You could be right. I mean, man. This would be the perfect time to do it because Brock hardly defends the title anyway. Oh. Exactly. The pay-per-view. I could see it. I, You know what? A lot of things would have to happen, but I could see that. I could also see Bailey's heel character headlining a WrestleMania against Charlotte or Ronda Rousey in, in the next three to four years. Ooh. If what, if, what, if, what, if, what if you thought of getting a first ever main event of WrestleMania with it being all females? Repeat that one more time. I want to make sure I heard you right. What do you think the chances are of getting the first ever main event of WrestleMania being an all females match, whether it's a one on one or a tag match? What do you think the chances are of having, say, Sasha versus Bailey or Charlotte versus Ronda or Oscar versus Ronda as the main event of Mania? You know what? Not this year. But, uh, no. but, um, 75% or higher. Even at a SummerSlam, maybe not many, but what about a SummerSlam? That could happen, but if you really want to make, if you really want to make a statement, do it at many. You could also have Ronda come in and do it at SummerSlam and see how the fan re- uh, reaction is to that and gauge it from there. That's true. Okay. 
We were gonna end it, but Lane, you nailed something good. One more. One more. One more. One more. We'll, we'll be right back. One more. Thanks for the patience of kicking it with us. We appreciate, you know, the patience because we love WWE and we're going to continue to bring it every time we're here. So, Lane, Lane, you asked me a very interesting question. So you were saying, now outside of the Rumble, because they just had, you know, the Women's Rumble main event and it did very well. So I think the Chamber should, the women should main event the Chamber. I think that would be great. I think that's another positive step forward you can take by showing that the women have can earn their spot to main event. Now you now you said what are the chances of them main eventing, say a SummerSlam, a Survivor Series? I mean, exactly. I think if you want to make a bold statement, now WWE has had a lot of home runs with these women already. Next year in New Jersey. You start building towards a heel Bailey against a Ronda, an Asuka, or a Charlotte. Or, for a, you know, let's say, the SmackDown women's title in a ladder match to close out WrestleMania in Newark, New Jersey. No, wouldn't that be something? Oh, wouldn't it? You can have the first ever say ladder match featuring women at Mania. First ever main event of women at Mania. Because I was doing research during the commercial. And I was going to say maybe we can get a first ever TLC match for the women. But it actually has already happened back in the early 2000s. Wasn't that Charlotte and Natalia? Oh, not Charlotte. Natalia and Beth? No, 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 no. This was... Oh, oh, my fault. Early 2000s. Early, yeah, early early to mid two thousands. I want to say it was uh, maybe it was Lita. I didn't I didn't get to see, but it was. Um, I'll have to look it up and see it on a future podcast. But they've already done a women's TLC before. We've already had a Money in the Bank. We've already had. Uh, now we're having a Chamber, a Rumble. Uh, they've had women five on five Survivor Series tag team matches before. So that brought me up. Well, WWE's been hitting a lot of firsts with women, and even with men. You know, we haven't seen a new match type come out in a while. We haven't seen, you know, a lot of... Here lately has been a lot of firsts. So I was just trying to figure out what can WWE do now. I know. Pushing it up. I know. What did NXT do in November? What concept did they bring from WCW? Games. Exactly. Team Ronda, which is Ronda's four horsewomen against WWE's four horsewomen of Charlotte, Sasha... Bailey and Becky against Ronda's four. And it would be really a smart idea is if on the main roster, WWE allows the women to beat the men to that match. Exactly. Yes. Or have it on the same night. Just have the women close. There you go. Exactly. Just like they had the Rumble. 
And I'm honestly, I honestly don't know what the WrestleMania implications for the Chamber match on Raw. Um, I don't know if they'll actually have the women close this one out, but I think that they should. I agree. Will they? No. But I agree. Oh, next year's match. That, uh, that, the WCW concept, War Games, to close out Mania in Newark, New Jersey. Build towards that. Take my money now. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I would love it. And I think that would be a big, bold statement to make because you're bringing in a new concept to the main roster and you're letting the women close out a huge pay-per-view. And if they knock it out of the park, then there's no reason to sit here and say that the women can't hang doing, you know, you know, with the men. And here's the thing, too. No matter what, people are going to buy their tickets for WrestleMania. They're going to get the WWE Network for WrestleMania. And the fans don't necessarily buy the pay-per-view or go to see it live based on the order of the matches that are going to take place. You see what I'm saying? If you put a last, it's not going to affect the ticket sales or the buy rates or none of that. So what harm does it matter? Once you've got everyone there and already watching, it can't hurt the pay-per-view. Right. I agree. You can't. All right, Lane. Awesome as always, brother. You guys have made it to the end. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you hit the clapping button so that I know which segment that you like and that Lane likes as well. Be sure to hit the star button to favorite the station and share it with your friends. You can find us on Google Play, Pocket Cast, and um, iTunes. You guys have a great rest of your week. We'll be back Thursday. Talk to you guys soon. See you guys Thursday. Hi, guys. This is Emily from the Create U86 podcast, and you're listening to the JM Sports and Wrestling podcast here on Anchor. Hey, this is James McCoy from the JM Sports and Wrestling podcast, and I just wanted to talk to you guys about a group that I have on Facebook. It's called New Blood Wrestling. For more wrestling content with almost 100 other wrestling fans, if you love WWE, New Japan, and anything in between, this is the Facebook group for you. I can't wait to see you guys there.